Thank you for taking time to listen to this week's message from First Orlando. You can find even more content, including video archives of this and other past messages at firstorlando.com. And if you're in the Orlando area, be sure to visit us sometime soon. Now, enjoy this podcast from First Orlando. So last week, if you were here last week, you know we learned that God is for us and that we've been upgraded. Y'all remember that? We've been upgraded from death to life. Uh, We were reminded of that, that God showed he was for us by sending his son and taking our shame and our sin and offering us eternal life. So we've been upgraded is what we learned last week. We also learned that some of our friends who don't yet know God really don't understand that God is for them and that he loves them and that he even likes them. They don't know that. And these same friends, they're often more familiar with what we're against than what we're for. And we have an opportunity, maybe I should even say today, we have an opportunity to show what we are for, that we are for Orlando. We are for our friends and neighbors here. Today, we're gonna give to God like we always do. And we're gonna give something extra as well. And we're gonna celebrate the goodness of God that we just sang about. We're gonna celebrate the goodness of God by giving something extra today. And then in the weeks that follow, and maybe even months that follow, we're gonna give that money away to our ministry partners here in the city, or in the community, in the area, who help people in need. And we're gonna be generous that way. We're gonna distribute the money we collect today to our ministry partners. And it's gonna be an exciting day. I'm gonna ask you to pray with me as we start our time together and not all of you will be comfortable doing this and that's perfectly okay, but if you're comfortable doing that, I'm gonna invite you to join me. I have a posture that I like when I'm asking, uh, communicating to God that I want him to speak to me and to help me and to guide me. I just put my palms up like that and maybe you would join me and just put palms up just right there at your seat if it's okay, if you feel okay, you wanna close your eyes, kind of eliminate the distraction, palms up. As, we, as I lead us in a prayer. God, I would ask in these moments that you would speak to us clearly, that you would inspire and uh, cause us to, uh, to uh, respond in a way that fits what your will is. We wanna get in what you're doing, the work that you're accomplishing. And we know you use people like us to do it and that we want to be used. And we surrender to you and we ask you to speak to us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, in the book of 1 Timothy, Paul, the apostle Paul is writing to a young pastor named Timothy who is in Ephesus at the time, the city of Ephesus, and he's pastoring a church there. And the apostle Paul is writing to a group of people very similar to us who are trying to know how can they communicate to the world around them, to their friends and neighbors, to the people they live, work, and play with, how can they communicate to them that God is for them? and that they are too. And this passage talks about that very same thing. Like, how can we show we are for Orlando? That's the question that Paul is addressing in 1 Timothy. And there are two ways we wanna talk about today that we can do that, that we can show Orlando we are for them. The first is found in verse 18, and here's what it says. They're to do good 
to be rich in good works. He's talking about that they as the church, the people, it's us. They are to do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous and ready to share. These two words that are highlighted is the first idea, the first way that we can be for Orlando. What is it we need to do? We need to be rich. Be rich. Now, you, at first take, you go, wait a minute. He says to be rich. Yeah, he actually says to be rich in good works. Like the things that you do, you're rich in that. But you know what he's really countering? Is he actually talks about it in verse 17, the preceding verse. So let's look at that, what he's saying there. He, he's actually, can I give you a hint? He's saying, it's okay to be rich, just don't act rich. Nobody likes people who act rich, right? And he's telling us in verse 17 what it means to act rich. Here's what it means to act rich. As for the rich in this present age, so the first thing he's saying, present age, what's he mean? Paul's reminding us it doesn't last forever. People who act rich, they think their money's gonna last forever. It's not, it's temporal. One day, everything we own is gonna burn. And actually, it's gonna go to your children even before it burns. It's not yours. It's, it's, it's not gonna last forever. The second thing he says, he says, and charge them not to be haughty. Don't be so proud. Haughty assumes more wealth equals more significance. It doesn't. You're not more significant because you got more money. That's acting rich, acting like you're more important because you got money. Paul says, don't do that. Don't act rich, be rich. Don't act rich. And then the third thing he says, don't, nor should they set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches, but on God who richly provides them with everything to enjoy. So Paul's saying, so acting rich is when you put your confidence in your money instead of putting your confidence on the God who's giving you the money. And so we, we don't put our confidence in money. So, so Paul says, you wanna show Orlando that you're for them? Be rich in good works. Be rich. Don't act rich. We don't wanna act rich. Nobody likes people who act rich. But we want to be rich. That we're not putting our hope in our money. We're putting our hope in the giver. So what does it mean in God's economy? Being rich is not simply what you have, but what you do with what you have. Being rich is not determined by how much I accumulate, but by how much I distribute. Be rich. So Paul tells us this, this idea of being rich, if you take 17 and 18 together, that the idea is being rich is being a humble steward of what we've been given. And to realize it doesn't last. It's all temporal. It's going to end one day. And we put our hope in God, not in our possessions. Our confidence is not on what's in the bank, but on the God who provides that. So be rich in good works. And we're actually, we're gonna talk about that some, Pastor David is next weekend, about the serving aspect and being rich in good works. But part of that being rich in good works is how we give too. And then in verse 18 is the second part of this. He says this, verse 18, they are to do good, to be rich in good works and to be generous and ready to share. So the first idea is be rich. The second idea is be ready, to be ready to share. So think about it. Isn't being ready 
what being generous is all about? I mean, think about it. Is somebody, do you, think about somebody that's generous in your world. Somebody you know, a family member, a friend, a neighbor, somebody you know that's generous. Isn't, aren't you describing somebody who just like on the spur of the moment, they're always ready to give. They're always ready to help you with something. Like you can't even hardly see them without them saying, I gotta give you something. That's, it's like they're always ready. I think about people in my, my own world. When I was a, Betsy and I were in seminary young students and, and little baby boy at home and we didn't have a lot of money. And, and we'd, we'd come home from New Orleans where we were going to school and we'd come to Orlando and, and I'd see this guy named Mac McCulley who was a leader in our church back then. Some of you have been around for a long time, you remember Mac McCulley. And invariably Mac would find me wherever I was. It's a big, we were in this building, big building, lots of people and somehow Mac would find me. And he'd come ask me how school was going and, and ask about Betsy and, and Caleb at the time. And, and in somewhere in that conversation, he would shake my hand. And when I came away from there, I always had a $100 bill in my hand because he was so ready to share. He was just looking for me. I don't know how many $100 bills he had in his pocket, but it always seemed like every time he saw me, he shook my hand and left me with a $100 bill. And then there was Georgia Long, Georgia Long was, uh, she and her husband back before he died, this is uh, way back, uh, started a bookstore, a Christian bookstore on Edgewater Drive. Long's bookstore today is on our campus in our lobby. That's her son. And Georgia Long was a great family friend and, and she was like a grandmother age to me, but I can remember high school and college, I would walk into her bookstore and every time I walked in, she would say, hey, Danny, and she'd go running from the cash registers where she spent most of her day and she'd go find the latest book that people were buying. And she'd grab it and she'd bring it to me and she'd say, here, here's another book for you to read. It's almost like if I went to Long's, I was embarrassed. Like, I know she's gonna give me the book. I'd try to sneak in. No, I don't want her to see me because she's so ready to give. Don't we wanna be that kind of people? The people are coming in here, so you gotta hide from those folks at First Orlando. They'll give to you as soon as you walk in. You gotta hide, because they're so ready to give. They don't act rich, they are rich in good works. And they're ready to share. At every turn, they share, share, share. You know what kind of people share? You know what kind of people are ready? Paul tells us. What does it take to be that kind of ready? Well, in verse 19, it tells us, here's what it says. All three of these phrases are pointing to one singular idea. Here's what he says. They're thus storing up, this is what's happening, he says. If you're ready to share, you're then doing this. Storing up treasure for themselves as a good foundation for the future that they may take hold of that which is truly life. You see what he's pointing to here? He's pointing to the future. He said, people who are ready to share, they're thinking about one day more than they're thinking about today. They're holding on to something else. They're, they're storing up treasure for themselves for later. And they're building a foundation for the future. And they're taking hold of that which is truly life. This term truly life, it actually has a double connotation. There's part of truly life that we get today. Like giving is incredible, the joy that you get from that. It's truly life. It's also talking about Truly life, it's what's coming. This is but a mist, it's, it's over before we know it. A truly life is what we have in eternal life. 
And Paul is reminding us, when we focus our attention on what's truly life, when we focus our attention on storing up treasure, when we focus our attention on what is to come, we then become ready to share. Being ready to share means, means we're hoping on a future, not, not focused on today. It's about the future more than today. When we're not generous, when we're stingy and people got to convince us and people got to hammer us and they got to appeal to us and they got to they give us logic and they got to they do all of these things to make us give, it's because we're holding on tightly. Here he says they're taking hold of that which is truly life. Instead of, instead of holding on tightly to what's coming, we're holding on tightly to what's today. Like I got to hold on to my money real tight. I got, got my hands on my wallet. Danny's asking for money today. I better be very careful. Hold tight. It's a stinginess. Trying to grip tightly the money that we have. Don't grip tightly. You can't keep it anyway. Just let it go. There's a song about that, I think, isn't there? You just, we have to be open-handed. And we have to say, we're not, we're not holding tightly to what we have today. Instead, we're holding tightly to a future that we have. And, and, you know, I've never met someone who has regretted giving. I never have. I talk to a lot of people about giving. I've never had one conversation. Somebody say, man, I regret I made that gift. I've talked to a lot of people who regretted not giving. I should have responded. I hate I didn't respond. I hate I didn't get to participate in what God was doing. You know what that reminds me of? is that buyer's remorse happens to buyers, not givers. When you're giving, there's, there's no remorse that comes with it. Sometimes people give at church, but they're really buying. They're doing it because they want something in return. If you're wanting something in return, it's, it's buying, not giving. They, hey, hey, David, I'm going to give something, but would you accomplish this with it? Hey, Danny, I, I have a special project, but would you make sure this happens? Don't forget what I gave. But can I tell you, that's, that's not the people of First Orlando. We're, we're givers. We're not buyers. There's no remorse because givers don't have buyer's remorse. Instead, you know what you are? You are rich and ready to share. I have a grandstand seat to watch what you do, and you are amazing. You, the truth is you don't even know everything that you do. Because somehow in God's economy, everybody just does whatever God's telling us to do. And it's incredible what happens. I want to tell you a little bit about some of the things you've done. You don't even know it yet. And how God has used you to accomplish his work. And let me just remind you, we're not haughty about it. I'm not proud about it. I'm just amazed at how God is using each and every one of us. Somehow the cumulative total of what we do is unbelievable. Because you're rich. Not acting rich being rich and ready to share. In 2019, we started something called Here, There, and Everywhere. It was our aim to improve our kids' facilities, to provide age-appropriate environments for kids to learn about Jesus. And it was a, a 36-month or so campaign to raise resources to renovate kids' facilities. And uh, that 36-month got turned into 42 months because of 2020 and everything that happened there. But I want to tell you through your faithful giving, 
I think, by the way, they have some pictures of uh, what we have accomplished there construction-wise in the kids' facilities. Today, we'll have about 1,000 kids who are in our kids' facilities today. All of those kids bring their parents with them, by the way, who are here as well and are experiencing those kids' facilities, learning about Jesus in, in a way that they can understand at their age, including the changes we made in the courtyard with the playground and the baptistry and all of that you accomplished. Can I tell you, in the last 42 months, 42 months, you gave $84 million to pay for everything and it's all paid for. As of, as of September 30, we paid for everything that it cost to complete all of the construction, all of the renovation that we did. And it's incredible. I don't know about you, but I see numbers like that and it boggles my mind. And, and then I think to myself, man, what Betsy and I give, I don't, it doesn't even matter. Compared to that number, how does what we give even make a difference? Can I tell you how? Back in 2019, when we were making the appeal, one Sunday I made a joke at the vision moment, at the time we talk about offering. I said, hey, if you can't figure out how to do push pay and you need help, come see me, I'll fill it out for you. And I made that joke and the next Sunday when I got to church, uh, a lady came up and she found me right here and she said, hey, I know you were made a joke last Sunday about push pay, but I really need help. Would you help me? I said, sure. And so I walked in through and when we got to the place where we were, she was setting up her recurring giving so it would happen every week. And she said, I'm a school teacher and I don't make a lot of money, but I want to in increase my giving by $5 a week. $5 a week. And she said, can you help me do that? I said, absolutely, I'm happy to do it. And do you know how we got everything that we got to do everything that God put in our hearts to do? Because every single person did everything God told them to do and $5 a week times a whole bunch of people makes a big number at the end of the day. And yeah, you can clap, it's incredible the way it happened. I was telling David in between services after the last service, I told that story. She came up to me today. She said, you probably don't remember, but I'm the teacher. And I did exactly what you said. And I want you to know I gave $1,000 today to give away to people in our community. So I'm, I'm doing my part. And that's the way it happens. Everybody doing their part, $5 a week makes a difference. Not only that, for about two years, we've been in conversation with a, another sister church right here in our community called Evolve Church. They're at the corner of 429 and Clarcona Ocoee Road near that intersection. And coming out of 2020 has been a struggling time for them and they reached out to us and asked if we could help partner with them and we, we kind of partnered for a little while, but I'm thrilled to be able to report to you because of your generosity and your faithfulness and our ability to partner with other churches in our community. Uh, as of last month, uh, the Evolve Church is now a campus of First Orlando. It's another campus for us that meets there. In fact, yeah, you can clap even today. I 
even today they're doing uh, for Orlando, but they have for, Hira I mean, for, uh, for West Orange, I think is what their sign says, for their that part, and their pastor is West Stapp. He's the campus pastor there, and they're part of the same series that we're doing today, they're doing as well. And they're gonna give today as a part of for Orlando as well. All a part of what we're doing. But you also know about Horizon West campus. And for like three years, we've been praying for God to give us a piece of property, to identify a piece of property that we could purchase uh, in Horizon West. Uh, and it's been really hard to find, but about eight months ago, we located a piece of property, 13 acres, just shy of 13 acres. Um, it's at the corner, I'll go ahead and show you at the corner. I think we have a map coming, I think, do we? We don't, okay. Um, up there, it's at the corner of the 429 and Showfield Road. You can see the yellow dot there, Showfield Road and Highway 429. And uh, the 13 acres is there. So when the, when the property was identified for us by brokers, we, David and I met and said, okay, so it's $6.5 million for this piece of property. Six and a half million dollars, and we need to get it under contract, but we don't know how we're going to do it. So we met with our leaders and talked about it and decided, let's go ahead and get it under contract, and we'll figure out in the 90 days that it takes uh, to close, we'll figure out how we're going to pay for it. So we signed, the, uh, our leaders signed the contract for it, and we began to pray. And about a month into that, we're trying to decide how to do it. And one of the ideas was, you know, the eventual plan, obviously soon we're going to build a building. We don't want just land. We need a building there for Horizon West Church. And and so we're gonna go ahead and do a campaign in a, in a little while to raise money for that building and we'll just roll the property into that and we'll go ahead and use debt to buy the property and then uh, uh, pay for it when we build the building. And while that was a good idea and we had some momentum going, uh, David and I just couldn't get comfortable with it. We just felt like there was a different way and, and the, a passage of scripture uh, kind of stood out to us. It's in Jeremiah 32. And Jeremiah the prophet, he's the weeping prophet, has pretty much bad news in every page. It's just doom and gloom that he's predicting that's coming. It is. Now, the end of it is great. But all through the book, it's just like this is coming. The bad is coming. And the siege is coming. And we're going into exile. And you need to pay attention because bad is coming. But in chapter 32, the bad has started. Things don't look good. And the siege has begun, and exile is obvious. They're going to be exiled and taken away. And in the midst of that, at that crucial moment, a cousin comes to Jeremiah. His cousin comes to him and says, there's a piece of property in Anathoth, a community nearby. It's where the armies were staged to seize the city and said, there's a piece of property there to buy, and you should buy it. And Jeremiah prays and asks God, what do you want me to do? And I love the way the message version, God answers. This is what it says. God said to Jeremiah, buy the land, pay for it with cash, and make sure there are witnesses. In other words, tell the people about it. And why would he do that? Because Jeremiah knew exile wasn't the end of the game. It wasn't the end. It was only a period of time that he was, he was buying land. It was, a, it was a demonstration of hope. Like, I know what God is doing, and I'm buying land here to say we're coming back here. It was a tremendous act of faith, and that's what Jeremiah did. He bought the land to demonstrate God's completed work, what was going to happen. And that verse became David's and I rallying cry. We said, we don't know exactly how we're gonna do this. Can I tell you it's a humbling thing to say, we're gonna pay cash for the land. 
when you don't have the cash to pay for it? It's easy for us to say it. It's not so easy for us to do it. And so what do we do? And we gathered a group of our leaders back in June. And these were leaders who uh, we knew had some giving capacity, but we also knew that they had interest in helping us accomplish what was happening at Horizon West, that they, their heart was knit to that project. There was something about it that, that resonated with them. And we just told them what we wanted to do. We really feel like we need to pay cash for this property, but David and I are powerless to do it. You have to confirm that. It's a very humbling thing to do. And we had that meeting. David did a great job casting the vision for it. I got home afterwards and I told Betsy, I said, man, that, it didn't feel good at all. I don't think there's any chance in the world that people are gonna respond. It's just, they weren't re reacting to me. I just, it just was terrible. One of my worst outings ever was trying to explain to our people what we were trying to do. And so we just sat back and see what can happen. And God began to move. And the people that I'm talking about, they were ready. And they began to give. And it began to climb and climb and climb and climb. And I am so excited to report to you that 10 days ago, we closed on the piece of property in Horizon West and we paid cash for it. And we bought the land, we paid for it with cash, David, and now we're telling the people. You are the people. To know what God has told us to do. We're not putting our finger up in the air saying, does God want us to go to Horizon West or not? No, 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 he told us to go and we're there. And I think we got a picture of the piece of property and a sign on it that says, for Horizon West. We're just teasing them. They don't know who's coming yet, but we know they know what they're for. And it's because you're rich and you're ready. You're eager to give. For a long time, we've had partner here at First Baptist Orlando called the Orlando Union Rescue Mission. The rescue mission used to be downtown on, I think on Church Street or Central Street. They used to have a red cross there that said Jesus saves on it. I remember as a child, my mom and dad taking me there to do ministry. As a kid, that minister for decades, First Orlando has supported the Orlando Rescue Mission. And even more so in recent years, uh, they have become a critical, crucial partner for us. In fact, uh, I have a, a drawer in my office that holds some notes that are from Freddie Clayton, the president of the Orlando Union Rescue Mission. Freddie's a good friend and uh, sends me notes every now and then Whenever we give gifts to, to the rescue mission or we send volunteers, uh, Freddie will follow it up with a note that he sends me and I have them all stacked together there. And I wanna read you just a part of one of those notes. And here's what Freddie said to the, to the family, to, to us, to First Orlando, here's what he says. Thank you for your longtime faithful support of the Orlando Union Rescue Mission. Your church has transformed scores of lives and restored scores of futures at the mission. Your magnificent generosity, the enthusiasm and dedication of your volunteers, the infections, infectious faith y'all bring to the mission reflect and reveal the love of Christ in a profound and winsome way. You have ensured our guests have the chance to escape homelessness permanently. 
You show our team and the guests who live at the mission the love of God in a meaningful, tangible way. God bless you for that. Y'all bless us spectacularly, and we are inspired by all the First Orlando folks. Freddie is here with us today, again, serves at the rescue mission. Freddie, where are you? Stand up so our people can recognize you. Freddie Clayton right here, one of our ministry partners. <clears throat> Freddie and the rescue mission are the real deal. They're making lasting impact in the lives of people. And I want you to see or meet at least one person whose life was dramatically impacted by your generosity to the rescue mission. Watch this. There's so much blood in my hands from things that I have done. People that have been addicted from the drugs that I sold. These people were part of a gang. These individuals, they don't take things lightly. So either you're working for them or you're working against them. I wasn't afraid of the fact that they wanted to kill me. I was more afraid of the harm they could cause to those that had nothing to do with this. So here I am, homeless, planning on how I can get my hands on something that I can protect my family with. And all these things are just rumbling through my head. You know, I'm trying to piece all these things together and then things start coming to my head. Well, just take your life. I lived a very flashy life would be the, the proper wording. Being in high-end restaurants, you know, insane amount of money and luxury things, whether it's clothing, hotels, it didn't matter. You just, you had so much coming in, you didn't mind spending so much, you know. I got involved very heavily dealing drugs. So I was moving up and up the scales, but things kind of hit the fan. There was a big drug bust in the city and they started investigating me. I found myself wanting to leave the area, so we decided to move to Florida. I could no longer deal drugs with the people I was dealing, so I had to stop. And if you're not an asset to people, then you become a problem because you know people, you know things, you know places. So we get to Orlando and we find ourselves having issues with the persons we were staying with. When you are living in a life where you expend so much money and stupid, unnecessary things, you know, money runs out because I had not been working for about a year when I came out here. The moment they seen that there was no money flow from my end, they no longer were my friends. They were no longer the ones that were protecting me. It kind of switched real quick to cause us harm now. The threats started coming through, so I didn't want to offend anyone, especially people from that kind of environment. I tried actually finding a job and I couldn't land anything. My wife was pregnant and my son was a baby and I had enough to put some gas in the vehicle and buy food. So I knew after that we were down to nothing. And I said, babe, we don't have any more money. You know, we were homeless. So here I am planning on how I can get my hands on something that I can protect my family with. And, and all these things are just rumbling through my head. You know, I'm trying to piece all these things together and then, you know, things start coming to my head. Well, hey, just, just take your life. My wife, man, living in the life that we live, she was totally the opposite. She, she continued to say, hey, I've been telling you, we need to seek help. So in this uh, brochure, 
she called the Orlando Union Rescue Mission. The folks who arrive at the mission are typically men and women who have run out of other options. Typically, they have made a series of bad decisions that have rendered them homeless. And at the mission, we want to help them change that decision-making process that will ensure they don't end up at the mission again. I explained that we also had some issues with the people that I was dealing drugs with and uh, they had threatened my life and threatened my family's life. And they said, well, you, you're not going to be the first. You're not going to be the last. And uh, they were willing to take us in as it was. And I kept telling my wife, I said, but I don't want to be here. She said, but we didn't have another option. I'm not going to lie, it was a struggle for me. You know, I had to remove my earrings. You know, I had to watch my mouth. Things that I was not used to doing, you know, it was different. It was a different environment, but I can say that right off the back, one of the things they did for us was they showed us love and respect. Our program is very structured and disciplined. They attend chapel, they attend Bible studies. The guests will work in the kitchen, um, on our landscaping crew, facilities maintenance, help with our uh, preschool, um, or um, do housekeeping. I never prayed in my life, never read the Bible, never been a religious person by no means. So it, it, it was interesting to me, you know, to hear these things. It was bringing some kind of uh, like hunger, you know, and a desire to, to, to understand. And these brothers took the time to do that and, and to teach me and help me understand. Heavenly Father, we... April 17, 2011. I surrender myself to him. I turn my back on the life that I had and the life that I lived. It did not matter if things that I had done in the past caught up to me, that whatever happened, I was gonna be kept. And that my soul had been redeemed, that my soul had been saved. No organization or group of people have been as supportive and effective partners as First Baptist Orlando for the way they transform the lives of our guests. I didn't think I was gonna make it the year after. But here we are, 11 years later. So I can truly say that if it wasn't for God using this place, I would be dead. My family would probably would not exist. I'm forever grateful for God using this place, man. I will forever be grateful to the Orlando Rescue Mission. We're really grateful for our ministry partners who really help us make a difference in the lives of people, changing their futures and their eternal destiny. So how can we show that we're for Orlando? We can be rich and we can be ready. And let's do that today. Let's, let's not act rich. Let's be rich in good works and let's be ready to share. So today we're gonna give like we normally do. Now, I wanna, I know we have some people here, this is your first time or one of your first times to be here and you're thinking, man, I picked the wrong weekend to come to church. I wish I'd have known. No, you didn't. You know what? I'm doing, for real now, I'm doing you a favor because this is the simplest time to give. None of it's staying with us. You're giving and God's gonna, do something, he's gonna teach you something. If you'll just take the risk and give something, you'll see, you'll receive the blessing. You're, you're holding on to something that's truly life. 
rather than holding on to something that's not. And so let me encourage you, even if this is not your church home, there are people you're watching today from who knows where, all around the world. You can participate. All you gotta do is text the word GIVE to 40777. And from wherever you are, you can participate. So we're gonna give, but we're gonna give something extra as well. Betsy and I are set up on recurring giving. It happens, uh, you know, every time we get paid automatically. We want that to be the first money given or used. Um, but we're also gonna give today something extra for the goodness of God in our lives. We're gonna celebrate the goodness of God and we're gonna give something extra. And then together as a church, we're gonna pull all of those gifts and in the months to come, we're gonna distribute them to our community partners, most of whom have already been identified, but we're still uh, taking information on other partners and we'll, we'll add to the list. So today, you don't have to do anything to make the gift for Orlando. If you give after today, if you're watching this after Sunday, there's a drop-down menu on PushPay or our giving app. Just go to the For Orlando tab that'll be there for a couple of weeks. And if you're giving uh, with a check or any other way that's other than the app, just write on the envelope or on the check for Orlando, and it'll be used this way. 100% we're going to give away whatever comes in. But if you're giving today, you don't have to do anything to it. Everything that comes in will happen that way. And so here's what I want us to do. I want us to give now. Okay, so I'm going to take my phone out. If you give digitally, I want to encourage you to do that give some. Maybe you've already done it today. I know I have a lot of people have told me already, I've already given. I was ready to go. I asked God what to do. And he told me, we're going to pray. And then I'm going to take a second to give. As long as it takes me to give, we're just going to be quiet while I give. I'm giving in each of the services. I divided my total by three. I'm going to give in each of the services. So I get to participate and told my wife not to do anything today. I'm taking care of it. So we don't double up and, uh, but we're going to give and I want you to give as well. Everybody, guess what? Everybody can do something. Participate in this and you're gonna get the blessing. You're gonna receive the joy. Let's pray. God, give us the boldness to do what you're telling us to do. Speak clearly, give us the boldness to act. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for listening to the First Orlando Podcast. For more information like our service times, location, and other contact information, be sure to visit us online at firstorlando.com. Have a great week.